Hey, everybody. Have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike Lepre, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 65 of Screwball uh, we're coming at you with, and uh, kind of another, kind of actually one of our slowest news week, I'd say, uh, this week. We kind of got a cool topic to talk about today, but not much other than that going on. Usual stuff around baseball, a shorter, we'll get into later, a shorter injury list, thank goodness. So, you know, let's just get into it. Let's jump into our first topic, or actually, excuse me, our topic of conversation for the day is... um, if I'm wording it correctly, Frank is Frank usually comes with the topic of conversation. Um, what are the most important stats to look at in baseball for, especially for a hitter? So I'll let you kind of like you usually do kind of lead it off. So you kind of put the talking point, you know, on the right, right path. Yeah. I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to go into, you know, stats or newer stats that show, show a great player. Um, and obviously this goes, everyone knows the, the standard, you know, hits and average and RBIs and home runs and, you know, that's standard stats, standard measures. Um, but now you have, you know, analytics, um, and we're not going to d- dive into some real serious analytics here, but we just want to go into these these stats where if you really want to go beyond the, the baseball card kind of stats and uh, the basic knowledge, and you want to get into a, more, a little bit more advanced, but not quite that, like, you know, out of space kind of uh, knowledge, these are stats you can look at and you can really see like, oh, this is why this guy's having a good year. This is why this guy's a good player. This is why this guy, you know, hits for a high average, you know, or maybe this guy is having a down year, but he's really hitting the ball well. Kind of really break it down instead of just being like, well, look at his stats. He's playing, you know, he's really not playing great. But really he had, you know, one of the best, you know, percentages on, on hard hit balls and stuff like that. Mm. So to get into it, some stats that I, you know, some of these I don't look at a bunch. Don't get me wrong. But these are stats that... Uh, if I really want to break it down, if I was a GM or if I was an owner or something like that, and I really want to look at my team, these are stats I would definitely look at to tell me if this guy's worth worth anything. Mm-hmm. And this would go into start with on base percentage. Obviously, that's important. You know, total times on base. So this is going to break down how many times you actually get on the base. Mm-hmm. This is could be walks, hit by pitch, hits, you know, reach on error, stuff like that. Anytime you're on base, that is productive. Mm-hmm. Walking back to the dugout is not productive at all. You obviously have war, strikeout percentage. Walk percentage, men left on base, exit velocity, barrel percentage, which is, you know, a certain exit velocity is a barrel. Mm. Um, solid hit percentage is obviously a different bracket. And hard hit percentage, obviously another bracket. Balls thrown in the zone, miss percentage. So strikes, and you're swinging and missing at them. If you're swinging, you're swinging and missing at a high rate, a high percentage of balls in the zone, and you're missing, that's obviously not great. Out, pitches out of the zone, swing and miss percentage. So if you're going to swing at pitches out of zone, you're missing a lot of them. That's obviously not great either. Uh, you have then you know you're talking about de- defense. You're talking about reaction time and route efficiency. These are great ones to look at. You know, not so much speed, but if I have an outfielder who has you know a 4.4 route efficiency out of five, he's getting you know straight to the ball. Hmm. He doesn't have to be top guy in speed. Yeah. If he has a great reaction and good route efficiency, he's one of the better defenders. So that's what you want to talk about. So those are most some of the big stats that I really like looking at. And a lot of them are, are pretty self-explanatory. I mean, wars, you know, you can't really explain that. It's just wins above replacement. You can't explain how you get there. But the rest of these are just, you know, 
their percentages or they're, they're, they all make sense to themselves. Mm. You know, I don't have to go into these a bunch, but these are going to show you who the, who the better hitters are, what they're doing, how they're, how they're achieving that. You know, I didn't go into what's their launch angle because it doesn't, you don't, you don't need to be a launch angle to be a good player. You know, I, I didn't go into that. If you want to talk about power hitters, maybe launch angles, maybe, you know, if you want to build a team and you're like, okay, well, I need two power hitters. Well, let me go look at launch angle, mm. home run percentage, stuff like that. You know, if I want a team that doesn't strike out, obviously I'm looking at strikeout percentage and walk percentage. Those are great numbers. So those are definitely ways to, to look at defen- uh, hitters and, you know, defensive uh, metrics and, and stats to see if they're good players or not. So these are newer stats that are coming out that people really look at. And then they get into pitchers. It's it's very similar. You know, you have war, quality starts, win, loss, CRA. Obviously, those are ones that are normal. Strikeouts, runs allowed. Not just earn runs, runs allowed. So if a guy makes an error behind you, do you let him all score anyway? Strikeout percentage, walk percentage, obviously. If you're talking about closers, you got saves, blown saves, stuff like that. But home runs allowed. Again, barrel percentage, solid contact percentage, hard hit contact, or hard hit percentage. Swing and misses in the zone percentage. Swing and misses out of the zone percentage. Are your pitchers moving out of the zone and people are chasing and not hitting them? It's a great thing to see as a pitcher. Spin rate, obviously. You know, people left on base. When people do get on base, you leave them there or you let them score. You know, that's another great, you know, a great metric. So there's obviously pitchers have, you know, their their metrics too. And these break down the good pitchers. You know, if you're going to walk a bunch of guys or you're going to put a, you know, John Gant was the guy who had a high whip. But he had no, his ERA was 1.6 and his whip was 1.5. So that means he's incredible at leaving guys on base. Obviously, he got beat up the other day, which mm-hmm. his numbers would show eventually that's coming. But that means he's, a lot of guys are going to get on base, but he's not letting them score. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's that metric. Saying, hey, look, he's going to get people on base, but he's not scoring. That's the way. I don't care if 30 guys get on base. They only score once. I'm going to win that game. Yeah. So these are more metrics than just your, oh, ERA, wins, losses. Obviously, we can see that that could be skewed. This really shows you who is good, how they're good, and what they're the best at. Mm-hmm. And that's all you want. You don't need everyone to be MVP, as we talked on this show before. You want to be, what are you good at? Are you a walk guy? Let me see your walk percentage. Are you uh, you know, a clutch guy? Let me see your left on base percentage. Are you just a guy who gets on base? Let me see your on base and you know total times on base. Are you just a hard hit guy? Let me see your percentages. Are you don't swing and miss, Nick Magical kind of guy? Let me see your percentages. Mm. Or a defense guy, let me see your percentages. You could easily break down a team and build a team through, if you're a GM, through free agency and drafting and you know all that crap to build a team. So this is definitely some stats that are going to a little deeper that I like to look at or I'm going to look at a lot more. And it's just a new way to baseball is, new new direction we're going in. Um, so it's definitely yep. um, some of the little bit more advanced stats, but nothing, you know, too crazy where it's, you know, uh, batting average against – pitchers, right-handed pitchers at home during day games. Like, there's some stats that go nuts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going into them. I'm going into some ones that are just more more basic, the more basic side of the advanced metrics, I guess you could say. Right, um, right. And I know you have some other stats you want to talk about and, you know, some things that you want to bring up that uh, you like to look at or, or something you're going to start looking at. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely in a sabermetric age. You know, it was coming up in the early 2000s with, um, I forget his name, uh, Bill... Uh, Bill Saber, right? Isn't that where it comes from? Sabermetrics or, or, or wherever? Um, I think so. Um, Bill Nye, um, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bill Nye. Um, no, forgive me if I'm saying his name wrong, but he's a super statistician, a uh, super smart guy. You know, he often offers his opinion on, on MLB Network and on Twitter and stuff, and he has some pretty outlandish, to the conventional baseball fan, has some outlandish picks for top players and who to watch and stuff like that. Sometimes he's right, sometimes he's wrong. You know, it's an analytical look at baseball. But in this age of baseball we're in, it seems 
teams are more and more going to that analytic approach, uh, launch angle. You know, this the gone is the era of if you strike out a lot, you're you're not as valuable. If you strike out a lot, granted, you don't want to strike out above a certain clip, but a higher strikeout percentage doesn't necessarily mean you're a lesser player anymore. So for me, I'm still a little old school, me and you. Um, so I, st- I like the advanced stats because it lets you dig. What I like is it gives you the ability to take stats that you already know and like and judge a player by, and then you can dig deeper. So like home runs, okay, guy's got a lot of home runs. Well, what's his, what's his um, like you said, barrel percentage, which is hard hit rate? What's his, uh, you know, what's his launch angle? Tell me something about that. How much does he strike out? I, I personally like the strikeout and walk uh, rate and then the strikeout to walk rate where you judge how many times he's striking out versus how many times he's walking. Because even though a lot of guy could have a high walk rate, if he's striking out at an even higher clip, or if he's striking out the same amount, or if he's he's a true three outcome player, then that tells you a lot about that player. If he's walking, say he strikes out, hell, you know, five to ten percent of the time, which is almost elite in the league at this point, and he's walking at a 30 percent rate, that's almost unheard of, you know. So that tells you a lot about that player. So I think the strikeout walk rate is something that I like a lot, and I like that a lot out of a pitcher too. Does the guy, you know, for a pitcher, does he strike out? You know, for every nine innings he pitches, he strikes out 15 guys, but he also walks 15 guys. It tells you a lot about him. You Bobby know, Ray. yeah, well, he was better this year, but they, they, you could start putting names to these players, to these, you know, kind of stats. Right, right. You know, uh, the Javier Baez, he's, you know, striking out a bunch, not walking. Mm. You know, and then the pitching side, Robbie Ray was like that. You strike out a bunch, but walk a bunch of guys. Mm. John Gant, where the whip is almost higher than his ERA. Mm. It's like, well, that shows you that he's getting a lot of guys on base. He's throwing a lot of pitches, and he's he's you know not going deep in games because he's getting a lot of base runners. Mm. Where all it takes is one hit, one bad bounce, and he's giving up a bunch of runs. Yeah. So these stats can really show you. It goes into a deeper dive of who's actually doing good, or not just how who's doing good. Who's maybe getting a little lucky. Yeah. Or maybe he's getting bad luck, as we've seen uh, one year. You know, you know, not that we really want to talk about him too much, but Marcel Zuna. Uh, a couple of years ago with the Cardinals, he had the highest exit velocity and highest percentage of uh, outs, highest outs made that were, you know, what was it more likely to be hits? Yeah, yeah. Like there were a percentage of balls that should have been hits that weren't hits mm-hmm. and highest exit velocity. And he was, he had a down year. So he was, he was just hitting bad luck all year. Yeah, I remember so that. So it, it's stuff like that you can look at to really give you a more in-depth thing. Like, oh, well, he's only batting 220 this year. Mm-hmm. But now you can go look and see why is he batting 220 this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's what people can look at. Is it a down year? Is this just what he's? This is just him now. Is this, mm. you know, bad luck? So that's that's what really gets you with these little bit more advanced stats. You can kind of see why your fair player, or why your you know one of your when your favorite teams players are doing good, doing bad, or, you know, struggling, whatever. You can go look at it. Yeah, and w- w- you know, and back to my um, point about the strikeout walk right? Those are and like you said too, these are kind of like. Uh, crash course analytics you know they're very very basic uh sabermetric things i don't think the average home run rbi three the holy trifecta of of hitting statistics will ever go away necessarily i just think they might be lesser in value like i think you even mentioned to me when you watch a broadcast uh, you know in, in particular maybe the yankee broadcast i'm not familiar with with other hometown market uh broadcasts but they don't even show you know they show ops a lot anymore you know they, they'll show average home run RBI, but then they'll show OPS or they'll show slugging or they'll show, you know, they'll, it usually they did away with the, the fact that on base. Yeah. And on base, I thought was a great stat. It was a, it's a basic stat, but I thought mm-hmm. that was a great stat to show. Maybe he's, you know, a two fifty hitter. Maybe he walks a lot and maybe he hangs over the plate and gets, you know, beamed a bunch 
and he's got a four hundred something on base. Mm. Now he's on on base, you know, forty forty one percent of the times. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, he's only hitting twenty five percent of the times. Well, he's on base forty one percent of the times. I just need a guy on base to score. Yeah. So you know they kind of did away with that, which is weird because that was a stat that I think was growing, and then now they you know like the Yankees broadcast you went to OPS because the game is more about oh well, you know how far can you hit it, how many extra base hits are you hitting. Stuff like that. It's not so much about just getting on base and doing the small things. It's, you know, what can you do on that one swing? Yeah, it, it more favors the three-outcome player, really, on base plus slugging. But Who, uh, they <laughs> want to say is uh, Adam Dunn was the king of. Yeah. He led the league in the, the three outcomes, and he was the inventor of that, they said. Uh, he used to strike out, walk, and home run quite a bit. Just to throw that out there, he also was the hardest player to double up in baseball <laughs> throughout his career. Which is a, just a funny stat. So go figure, but... Uh, yeah, that three-outcome logic is pretty much an era that we're kind of stuck in. Yeah, unfortunately. Because I'm always, a, you know, I, I was always kind of a big high average. You know, you like a, a good home run rate. You know, you like the guy to put the ball over the fence to a, a you know, to a degree that fits his swing. But yeah, that's also, Matt, what you're talking. Mm. If you're talking, you know, my 3-4-5 hitter, or even 2-3-4 hitter now in this day and age where the lineups are different. Mm. Yeah, I kind of want a guy who's going to hit some home runs. Well, I'm talking a first baseman. I need a guy who's going to hit some home runs. Mm. You know, I don't really need, you know, a first baseman who is, you know, going to have eight home runs on the year. Mm. You know, not that I don't want a player like that. It just doesn't fit the position. Right. So I want a guy, you know, if I'm talking a leadoff hitter, I just need a guy who's going to get on base and get hits and hit the ball over the field. If I'm talking a power hitter, I want some home runs, maybe drops the average, but a hard hit percentage and home run rate and fly ball rate and stuff like that. That's what I want to look at. Mm. You know, I don't need... Oh, well, I have nine guys that have a great home run rate, obviously. You know, if it's all working, it's working. Mm-hmm. But you want to be able to break it down. Like, this is what I need out of this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Right, right. And, I mean, the teams even think differently like that now. Fans probably think differently like that now. Like, you want a certain production uh, out of every player, you know, depending on their position. You know, uh, some that may even be an old argument, the, the, the positional. Well, you want this out of this guy, you know, stuff like that. That the analytics are are, are – it depends on how analytical your team is, too, because there's some teams that are still a little behind or some teams are trying to push forward with it. You know, it all depends. And where, where's your – look at a team like the A's or the Rays. They almost are forced to do something like this because of their, their lower payroll. But I was always a way of, you know, just just give me what your position says. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a middle infielder, yeah, the shortstop has changed. That doesn't mean I, I need to have a guy who can't run at all playing shortstop. Mm-hmm. I still want you to be a shortstop just because you can now hit – Power like a first baseman doesn't mean you shouldn't run like a shortstop. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you can't you can't you don't have to field like a shortstop. So I still need you to be that. If you want to be exceptional somewhere else for that position, you still got to be good at what you're supposed to be good at. And that you know that was you know kind of a thing I had even at, even younger when I, you know when Cano was with the Yankees, I struggled mm-hmm. with. I was like, you play second base and you can't run at all. So you got to be able to at least move a little bit. You got to be able to steal some bases because you are a second baseman. I need you to do more what the position asks you to do. And if teams start kind of doing that and one team in particular with the Yankees if they start getting back to something like that you could see how a team is built to be great I don't need nine ten guys who are going to swing home runs and knock you know give me what you're good at and do do that great right the Rays and the A's are perfect at that at that and you can even go to different sports like the Patriots you know where with football mm. they got this guy to be great at this and this guy to be great at this just be okay at a couple other things and the whole team will mesh great Yep. I don't need nine guys to be MVPs. Now, I'm not saying I don't want nine guys to be MVP, but I don't need nine guys to be MVP. I don't need nine guys hitting home runs. I don't mm. need nine guys, you know, stealing 100 bases. 
I need yeah. a couple guys to steal some bases. I need some guys to hit average. I need guys to hit home runs. I need guys to steal bases. I need guys to, you know, play great defense. I need guys to not swing and miss. Walk percentage. I need guys to hit the ball hard. That's what I need. Mm-hmm. Guy does this. Guy does that. I just need this, an equal spread and it all come together. Right. Yeah. And that's what the sabermetrics can really, you can almost look and be like, well, if I'm a favorite team of, you know, I don't know, the Blue Jays next year, and we're like, hey, we don't have enough lefty on-base guys. Mm-hmm. You can go pull up a metric and be like, dude, this guy's a free agent. We should go get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's how teams work. That's how GMs will go look. Like, this is the guy we should go get. Mm-hmm. Moneyball is a great great idea, a great movie to show that. They're like, this, this guy gets on base. I need an on-base guy. Let's yeah. go get this guy. Yeah, because more guys on base produce more runs. That's as simple as that. Yeah. You I know? got a guy who hits home runs. I don't have a guy who gets on base. I don't get a guy who gets on base. Fits your role. You don't need to get a guy, well, he does a little bit of everything, you know, or he, he, he's just another guy who hits home runs. Really, no. You don't need a bunch of guys to do that. You need, you need just equal spread. Right. And that's what these sabermetrics and these newer stats, they can show. Mm-hmm. You can really break down. You can build a team. I just want all guys who have a hard hit percentage that's very high. That you can't really go wrong with. No. That's a great stat because that means they're just hitting the ball hard. Mm-hmm. doesn't say that it's hitting up in the air, hitting low. Just hitting the ball hard, that's great. Yeah. They're more, you know, more trouble for the fielder. You're more likely to get on more, yeah. cause problems, you know. I mean, less strikeout percentage. That means the ball's in play a lot more. That's yeah. what I like. More things can happen, mm-hmm. you know. So, that's what's great about these these sabermetrics. And these are just uh, the ba- the more basic of the advanced sabermetrics, if you want to break it down that way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can really go nuts, and people do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's great. But I think there's a line between now you're really – changing how a team looks by sabermetrics which don't always work mm-hmm. it's like using a simulation that's why we don't play a, use a simulation to play to play a game mm-hmm. right like a simulated game on MLB to show doesn't mean that's what's going to happen that's why we play the game yeah because yep. that team's the best on paper don't mean they're the best in the field right so that's you know that's kind of how sabermetrics have gotten analytics got to this point where it's like well you're almost trying to simulate a season by using all these stats to be like well for, I have these three things is why my team should be good doesn't always work that way so you yep. gotta be able to integrate that, mm-hmm. be able to use the old approach of well, this guy just looks good, mm-hmm. this guy's just having some bad luck, and well, this guy's also strike it out at a thirty nine percent of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, put that together, and you're like, okay, well, now we gotta figure something out. Yeah, yeah, the two can be, you know, they don't have to be exclusive. You know, they can live together. You know, you don't have to separate the old and the new. You can mix them. So, and it's like you said, and I did remember the guy's name. I believe is Bill James, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, as a sabermetric kind of guru, you don't have to be him because he he's like the godfather of it, and he has some wild stats. You know, it's usually W O B A X. You know, whatever. A lot of it is sometimes it's park adjusted, uh, sabermetric stuff like that. You know, they go as deep as uh, and like you said, day games, night games. You know, stuff like that. It goes very deep. And if you want to, and it's like you said, look look Marcelo Zuna, this guy's batting two something. Well, why is he doing that? Well, his his this is up, his this is down. He's walking, he's not walking as much. He's striking out more. But that's what it helps with, and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. It helps you give a clearer picture to the basic stats that we grew up with, with the home runs, uh, average, RBI on base. You know, it it gives a more a more clear picture of what these stats mean. Yeah, and if you're running a team. I mean, what a great, you know, oh, this guy had a down year. Let's go look why. Yeah, what Maybe happened? he just had tough luck. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had a lot of pitches called out of the strike zone. They were called strikes this year mm-hmm. than the average player. But now I go sign him, taking, you know, maybe taking my chance. Saying, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, a little bit of luck changes and he's closer to the player he should be and I get him on a cheaper deal. Yeah. Or maybe I take a, a chance at an old older player because he does this well. You can do that. You can see how teams kind of get made or maybe see how teams should be built or Agreed. could be built. 
Um, you can kind of see it on your own now, which is cool. Instead of just being like, well, they should go get this guy because, you know, he's really good. Well, my, what makes him really good? Yeah. And yeah. that's what our topic was. What makes him really good? And these are some advanced stats, uh, more advanced stats to kind of show that. Yeah. And uh, Frank brought it to my attention. If you want to go and maybe even look at some uh, more advanced stats yourself and make it easier for you rather than trying to calculate all the crap. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, MLB yeah. provides a stat cast, um, you know, provided uh, look at some of these stats. If you go to uh, Baseball Savant, uh, the link uh, at MLB.com, it, it will give you a, uh, a look at all the, the leaderboards, the current leaderboards for, for the advanced. Chart. And you can make your own chart. You can download it to Excel. You can export it and, and mess with it yourself and, and have fun. So, yeah, you can look um, at it and be like, well, let me see the top 10 hardest exit velocity guys and go look at them. And be like, well, these are the guys this year. Mm-hmm. What's the other doing this year? Oh, they're having pretty good years. Well, that's why they're hitting the ball hard. Yeah, I mean, maybe you follow people on Twitter that provide some wild. I mean, granted, there's still guys that I never know how they calculate or find these stats, uh, but yeah. but maybe you you know you could do that yourself. You could figure out for yourself. Well, hey, this guy's doing this, this, and this. You could figure some stuff out for yourself. So I think I'll provide the link in in the description or or on our Twitter or something. Maybe I'll provide the link so you guys can can check it out too. But it's cool. Uh, Frank showed it to me before we before we start recording. So. But yeah, that it's uh, it's interesting. We'll see where the future of baseball goes. It's very getting very. Uh, it got very analytical very quick. I feel. I feel it kind of rushed up on us. Uh, not that it wasn't coming. I didn't not see it coming. It's just the the, the integration of it happened very quick. I feel. It changed um, the game. Yeah. As we talked about many a times before. Right. For better or for worse. I mean. I think we know what side it's on. Yeah. Especially the way that hitting's been looking this year. So. Or lack thereof. Um, yeah. Yeah. So with that, uh, I think. Uh, we'll see what happens in the future of sabermetrics and analytics and the future of baseball. It's all linked at this point. All this is very linked because your front office people are, you have statisticians that are just sitting at a computer all day telling you who's doing what. And that's just baseball now, you know, like I said, better for worse. So why don't we move into our news? Uh, like I said, at the top kind of uh, limited news stuff. Uh, one big piece of news that we talked about last week regarding the foreign substance uh, stuff with the pitchers. Out of the game. I know. We were. We already know. We knew it was coming. Yeah, so if you see our episode 64, topic of conversation regarding foreign substances, uh, the league seems to be cracking down hard on foreign subs- substances uh, used by pitchers. Uh, the problem has been considered so widespread that the league is starting to investigate pitchers and ball clubs. Uh, notable pitchers such as Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole show at least a 6% dip in spin rate since the report came out. Is this a coincidence? Or do you think that uh, these guys are starting to get off the bandwagon of using their foreign substance until they see what the league's going to do. I, I don't want to get into it more than we did last last week, but ever since spin rate has been calculated, uh, every year it's been higher and higher. Mm-hmm. Again, this is the highest year spin rate's ever on the average pitch. But again, it, and the MVP, you know, I've seen reports on it that the position players are ratting, ratting on the, the pitchers mm-hmm. at this point because they were like, hey, Listen, spin rates keep going up. Our offense keeps going down. And these guys are obviously using something to make them not just, you know, tackiness, adjust mm-hmm. the ball. And even position players know this and hitters. They don't care about the tackiness. Yeah. They care about the fact that it's changing the way that the ball's moving. And that's the problem. And MLB came up with rules with the umpires are going to check pitchers eight to ten times a game. Wow. While they're coming off the mound. They could stop at any time to check not for not her coach to call it out. They could stop at any time to go check their hat, go check their gloves. They're going to check them out. They're walking off the mound to keep the game going. They're going to check position players because they go to the mound. Mm-hmm. They could check catchers. Yep. Because they can have it behind the shin guards, which we've heard stories about. So they're going to check them for this, these materials, and they know what to look for in these, these substances. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I believe, 
there is some sort of pine tar thing that they're either working on or have told them that they can maybe, you know, put their fingers on a pine tar stick or something like that to give them some sort of tackiness. I'm not sure where they're at with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like if that's a little bit where they're just like, keep on your own, they will do that and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But they have to do, they do have to stop the fact that, you know, if you're, you're having a substance really change the impact of a pitch. We yeah. talked about last week. You really want to go into it more. But uh, MLB is actually doing, for once, a really good job on that. Yeah, I agree. They're really using their technology and stuff to fight that. Um, and they should, especially in this day and age where, you know, like guys can't hit or they don't want to hit. What One of the two. Yeah, I can get yeah. a little eager to go put up numbers, the same numbers as some of these guys are doing. So they really should fight, fight that, and they are. And mm-hmm. that's good for baseball. And that's one of the few... You know, needle in the haystack kind of idea because that's like the first idea they've had. And I don't know, thirty that's actually been any good. <laughs> I know, I know. And you can, yeah, you can listen to our, our episode last week on it. Uh, we kind of give our full opinions, but um, I think it's good they're cracking down because clearly, if they're cracking down, they see something's wrong. The, the, everyone in baseball, it's like I said, la- we said last week. Everyone in baseball knows this is going on. It's been a since the beginning of time with baseball yeah. that the p- pitchers always try to get in a, a little advantage. But if if they're cracking down on it, they clearly know something, yeah, and it, they've been they've been hearing things. Yeah, and if the offense is up, probably yeah. don't say much. But it's it's players now telling them, "Hey, yeah. come on, there's an issue here. Our offense is already down. Position players ratting on other players. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of like the, I don't know, maybe the concept where like Mike Fires kind of ratted out the Astros there. It's like, all right, this is enough." This is way past, you know, a little sign stealing. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. like, you know, going to change everything. Yeah. Let's yep. go. We got to stop this. This yeah. is what we're getting to with the foreign substance. Like, hey, come on. That ball just had three inches of glob on it. And mm. the ball just moved 17 feet. Come on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it was 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, um, you know, we'll see. Some of your favorite pitchers might get called out for it. I don't think it's um, anything to immediately start to throw stones at people for, unless it's really egregious because it seems like all the pitchers are doing it. So um, I'm not really going to, unless there's, like I said, unless someone's doing it really bad, I'm not going to really think too less, that much less of much of these guys, in my opinion, preliminarily. We'll see once reports come out and things happen, but I just feel like it's, it's still a thing where everyone's using it. Maybe everyone's using it pretty bad, some worse than others, but like I said, we'll see when reports come out. Maybe the MLB finds some stuff that's, I don't think it's on the level of the Astros, but you know, some, yeah. some conspiracy or something. Yeah. And the one quick note I always seen, I always, you know, I always thought it was funny and it was a good way to know that maybe something was going on or maybe it was just precautionary. Anytime a ball was in the dirt, you never seen the catcher turn and throw it to it is any dugout. You always mm-hmm. do it to his dugout. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I, oh, you always seen that. Yeah. Always throw it to his dugout. Mm-hmm. Never threw it. Oh, just throw it, just throw it out or give it to the umpire. I'll throw it out. Always throw it to his dugout. Mm-hmm. Maybe he mm-hmm. knew something. Yeah. So you always see that. There you go. You see that a lot more than you see, you know, it's like 90, 90, probably 95% and 5% the other way. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, uh, some other news I got, uh, the all-star voting's open. So we can start voting for your favorite players or that's always, sometimes it becomes a mess. Uh, but you start voting for players who deserve to go to the all-star game. That's, that's great. First all-star game in, in two years. Antonio LaRusso is now second all-time manager's uh, wins list uh, yeah. behind Connie Mack. Who I think he's got about a thousand wins to go to get him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good I, luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna get there, but yeah, I guess you never know. There's yeah. some other news I had just to throw in there, and I'm not sure if you had anything else. Yeah, just quick before we uh, go into who's doing the best right now, I had that the USA qualified for the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, the last time they qualified was uh, in 2008, um, and they have won a gold medal in baseball since 2000. In 2021, uh, the Olympics. 
or uh, the previous Olympics, they made it, you know, not an official sport. So, you know, you have to, uh, you know, obviously count out that year, but Cuba has won three of the last five. So, um, they were eliminated too, right? What, Cuba this year? Was it, I think they were one of, it was either them or one of the real top teams who has never been eliminated before, like in the qualifiers, it was eliminated. Yeah, I'd have to go back and read the article. This is all, by the way, from CBS Sports. Uh, a lot of our uh, news comes from CBS Sports. They said that there's still qualifications like they're on the chopping block. Some of these teams like Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and teams you usually kind of expect maybe to be in one, there. Maybe it was one of those two teams. I, I think, think it was somebody who's really been never missed a qualifier yeah. or never lost in a qualifier is lost. I think you're right. Um, I just have to double double back to the article and check. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Which would open up <clears throat> quite some windows for some other countries and nations and maybe for the good. Yeah. To see some, some growth in the game. Mm-hmm. Sure. So then, uh, you know, that moves us into who's doing the best right now. Uh, currently, the Giants hold a very slim lead for the best record in the MLB at 37-22, and 22, with the Padres right behind them in the NL at 36-25. and 25. The Rays hold the best record in the AL at 38-23, and 23, uh, with the Red Sox and White Sox right behind them in second place at 36-23. and 23. Uh, The White Sox have the best run differential in the league at plus 85, and the Pirates own the worst at minus 75. Right, so... Uh, that's uh, either good or bad. I don't know what side you're looking at. If you're a Giants fan, you're probably like, what? Okay. And if you're a Pirates fan, you're just all right. So yeah, You already knew it was coming. You're just, yeah, you're just like, ah, oh, this could be worse. So, <laughs> uh, some hot and cold teams, just to, to be uh, generic, not dive into too much stats here. The Rays are hot. Red Sox, White Sox, Mets, Brewers, and Giants. As you said, some of them teams you already heard of, so it makes nope. sense. Mm-hmm. Some cold teams, the one team in New York, the Rangers, the Cardinals, the Nationals, Marlins, and Diamondbacks. They're all really not doing great, especially mm-hmm. like I said, that one team in New York. Uh, you know, the Yankees—they're uh, they're bad. So, yeah, that's just not really good for those teams. And those are some, some of them are some pretty good teams. Nationals expect to be decent this year. Cardinals, um, just in a cold streak, they have been good this year. Just in a cold streak, and then the Yankees have been terrible all year. So, and then obviously Rangers, Marlins, and Diamondbacks are kind of expected, but um, some big names there or some big teams there not playing well. And it's it's now you know almost middle of June. Yeah. So it's you know it's kind of like a you know, a do or die, either go or go home. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, it's really getting crunch time here. Um, you know, you never say that, you know, this early that a team's totally out of it. But you know, we're not happy Yankee fans right now. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I'm and not going to get too far into it. And but. it's not that it's you know it's we're early. I think we're a third of the way through. Mm-hmm. Right. We only got 100 games left. Yeah, teams. we're. Yeah, we're like yes, like 60, almost 60 games through. So that's you only got 100 games left. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, yeah. If you're not going now, now is the time where you start yeah. seeing red flags come up. Yeah, who you are is who you are. You know, true colors are come out. However, you want to, whatever cliches and sayings you want to use. You know, you're going to be who you're going to be. Yeah. So. Right. Right. Uh, that's kind of what's going on. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you got some uh, some hitters uh, doing well here. I'll jump into that. Yeah. Let's do the the who's hot and who's not. Uh, you obviously gave us the hot and cold teams, but we have the hot and cold players. So to start off, we have our two uh, players of the week in the AL and the NL. Uh, number one, we have uh, Patrick Wisdom for the Cubbies. Uh, 368 average over the last week, 1053 slugging and a 1453 OPS. And uh, over in the AL, you have Ryan Mountcastle with a 500 average over the last week, 1100 slugging and a 1624 OPS. Uh, number three, Cedric Mullins, 600 average over the last week, 1200 <laughs> slugging and 1867 OPS because I played him in fantasy. That's why yeah. um, I think he went like seven for seven. At, uh, he had a stretch where he went seven for seven or eight for eight or something. I think because he went five for five and opened the day I two think for two. Saturday and Sunday he combined for 
eight for nine. I believe yep. it was three for four yesterday with a walk mm-hmm. of some sort. Diving plays. Um, and the Orioles put up 18 runs yesterday. Yeah. An impressive feat. The first time they've done that, I think, since 2015 or something, it said. Wow. Which is just... 18 runs, 18 runs, but I mean, that's quite some, that's a lot. Yeah. Losing 14 games in a row, and then they come out and just give you 18. All the runs that didn't score for 14 games, they just scored all one, yep. one day. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he was a big part of that. Uh, and then, you know, right back to back, you had Ryan Mountcastle and Cedric Mullins. I mean, there, there's your, there you go right there. There's your one, two, or one, two, three. And then Mancini's been pretty good all year. Yeah, his RBI rate has been insane. Yeah, so been nuts. So. Yeah, lots of, lots of liking, you know, in Birdland right now, I'd say. Not that their their record reflects that, but I think that you got some pieces here. You know, even if you trade them or, or you got young guys like Mountcastle and Mullins. Something to watch. Yeah, you got something. That's all I'm asking for for any of the teams, I, the team I like. Just give yeah. me something worth my time yeah. turning my damn TV on. I know. Jeez. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're not happy Yankee fans, to reiterate. Um, number four here, uh, Whit Merrifield. 450 average, 750 slugging, and 1179 OPS over the last week. And number five, Matt Olson. Uh, 450 average over the last week, 850 slugging, and 1372 OPS. And I believe he's, what, tied for third in the league in home runs? How many does he have? 15. I believe there's well, a couple guys with 17. Vlad's right? got 18. Oh, is 18 now? Yeah, I think he so does, like, yeah. So maybe he's fourth now. I think it was like 18, 17, yeah. 16, and 15. That's Either way, he's right he's there. He's right there. He's on the leaderboard. You're going to go look him up. Yeah. Have a great year. Batting about 275. Mm-hmm. Errors are up a touch, but Matt Olson's fantastic. Well, my, he's probably my favorite player, you know. My you know, favorite player in the league. That's your boy. I know. So, love Matt Olson. So, some other guys to look at. Cattell Marte, of course. Another guy uh, I really love. Swirling around some trade rumors. So, take a look at him. Great player. Switch mm-hmm. hitter. Uh, India for the Reds. Played great in spring training. Came out the season okay. Struggled. Got hurt. Now he's playing great again. Uh, Ozzy Albies, he came out the gates unbelievably terrible. Mm-hmm. He's been doing good. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., obviously, mashing the ball. He's just going nuts. See, there's, there's some hot hitters, you know, some guys to throw in there, you, you know, the guys you mentioned. Some pitchers to look at. Herman Marquez out in Colorado. He's putting up some, I think he's got two complete games already this year. Oh, wow. And, um, yes, his ERA, I think, is in the high threes at this point. But that's mostly because, I think, he got eight earned one game, and then he had, like, five earned another game. For the most part, he's been pretty solid, other mm. than those two games. Um, Zach Granke, you know, ball keeps rolling. Sean Manaya or Sean Manaya, complete game shutout. Mm-hmm. This past week, Martin Perez pitching good for the Red Sox, and Lucas Sims reliever for the Reds. I believe he had three saves over the last seven days. Oh wow! And he's really not their closer, closer, but pitching great. Oh. So uh, those are some names to look at. Um, a couple of them surprising. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, then move on to the cold players here. Uh, number one here, I got Ian Happ, uh, .056 average over the last week with a one eleven slugging and a two sixty one OPS. He seems to be always just not hitting the way he should be hitting mm-hmm. every time. Even if he's like, oh, he's not that cold. He's like 190. It's like, you were a top prospect. Yeah, and a pretty good switch hitter, too. He's a good He's a good athlete. So, I I don't know. I want to. I want him to do good. I kind of like the guy. So Yeah, and a couple years ago, first pitch of the whole season, home run. Yeah, that's right. Watched it live. That's right. Home. All right. First yeah. pitch. Oh, I'm actually home to watch it, you know. Let's sit back. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> yep, this year is going to be a big mess. Yeah, right off to a good start. Crush it against Jose Arena for the Marlins. Second deck oh, that's right. in Miami. That's right. I watch. I, I ever forget. Yeah, first yeah. pitch, boom. I'm like, are you nuts? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Like like I said, off to a good start. <laughs> uh, number two here for the Cole players, you got uh, Yerman Mercedes, who's been pretty red hot all year. Uh, .06 average over the last week, the .067 slugging, and a .243 OPS. Uh, number three, Danny Santana with a 100 average over the last week, a 100 slugging, and a .243 OPS. 
Uh, Joey Wendell, Joey Lunchpail, uh, 111 <laughs> average over the last week, 111 slugging and 269 OPS. And number five, Josh Rojas, a 130 average over the last week, 391 slugging and a 558 OPS. I don't think I, I saw anyone with a zero average for the for the week, which well, is usually good. that's always a step up because you usually see at least one guy like in an 0 for 20 slide or or something. Well, I believe Kiko Hernandez at one point was 0 for his last 27. He never hit going back to last Tuesday. Oh my god! So yesterday, uh, so Saturday, he got a hit. Oh, against probably. the Yankees, yeah, sure. I believe he got a hit yesterday as well. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that's, that's a slide. Quite, yeah, that's quite the slide. That's that's setting you up for a nice nice terrible time. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, some other guys I got here. Uh, Jose Abreu actually been somewhat, you know, slow this year in his offense. I mean, mm-hmm. his RBI is still up, but that's just, you know. Pretty sure he's leading the league, isn't he? Yeah, it was what he does. So, <laughs> uh, you know, if you're going to time your hits up, you time up nice like he does. Um, Javier Baez has been cold. Carson Kelly, <clears throat> who's been he's been really good for the, for the Diamondbacks, has has been struggling. And Victor Robles, some other, you know, a couple guys there. Cold pitchers to look at. Um, Hakeem Soria, struggling for the Diamondbacks. Jake Arrieta, Griffin Canning. Ian Anderson and Hi John Ryu, <clears throat> those are some guys there. Some some bigger names, especially uh, uh, Soria is decent. Uh, Arietta obviously in the past. Griffin Canning is a young pitcher who's supposed to pitch well. He's been pitching bad this year. Ian Anderson, a young obviously prospect for the Braves, and Ryu obviously the ace over there for Toronto. Um, yeah, those are some guys that, you know you kind of expect to, to be playing better, but uh, have been pitching over the last seven days or so, just struggling. I'm pretty sure Ryu having a pretty good year this year too for the for the Blue Jays. Uh, if, uh, sure maybe he, mixed I, bag. I think yeah, I think it's been a little bit mixed. I mean, the stats I'm sure I'm pretty sure are okay. He has been hurt a little bit, but um, maybe not quite the number one ace they really wanted. But he's been right, pitching pretty right. good. You can't really argue that Toronto's um, you know, hanging around. Right. Tough to you know tough division. Yeah, they're right with the Yankees, which I guess at this point isn't hard. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's besides the point. But some injuries. I kept the injury list shorter this week. There wasn't a bunch to add on, and so yeah, not like last week. Not yeah, no big, huge impact guys to really get hurt, which is good, really good. Uh, G-Man Choi plays back on the IL. Uh, Michael Fomer for the Tigers on the IL. Elizmus Diaz for the Astros. Colt Wong, Cardinals dealing with a, just a rash of injuries over there. There's there's a couple guys to name. I'm not going to go into them, but you know, Miles Mikolas hurt again, and. And stuff like that. Uh, so they're dealing with a, kind of a handful of injuries, which could be explained why they're on the cold list. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Gray, Adalberto Manasi, came off his bat like 350 with a couple home runs. He finally came back, hurt again. So those are the guys I just wanted to add to the guys who got hurt. And then for the good news of things, Colin Moran's back, Mike's fantasy team. Yes. So go the Fighting Pirates. Uh, Zach Britton on the verge of being back. George Springer in the right direction. Chris Sale's going to throw a bullpen session. Let's get Chris Sale back. Brian Hayes. Back, and Byron Buxton to continue. Uh, <clears throat> to, sorry, to start rehab. Mm-hmm. So maybe he could come back and kickstart the Twins. And I believe uh, I don't know if you mentioned it. I missed it, but I believe Severino started a rehab assignment yeah, he, for Luis yeah, Severino. Yep, he uh, started a rehab. Uh, pitched yesterday. Actually, pitched pretty well. So All right, cool. Have him on the on the verge of being back. <clears throat> yeah, there, there's some other guys to go into. I didn't want to dive like Trout is doing better. Yeah, but still, obviously a little ways away. But um. Yeah, a little slower on the news or the injury news uh, thank God. this week, which is good. Yeah, thank God. So, hopefully, we can see some big name guys come back and kind of have a. Well, this guy got hurt. That's why this team struggled, kind of thing. Like mm. really, you would see with the Angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, other than that, uh, and the last thing I want to go into is obviously our tribute question, and that's the best part. But uh, <laughs> sure. Yesterday, Sunday, uh, June sixth, 
Jesse Winker hit his second three-home run game of the season. Who He's been having a great year yeah. for the Reds. The Reds have been just mashing the ball for the most part. They get cold at times, but they're just offensively have been hitting the crap out of the ball. If only they could do that in the playoffs last year. Yeah, what a, <laughs> what a, yeah, what a turn. But so he had his second three-home run game of the year. So the trivia question, who has the most three-home run games in a single season? It's a good one because it's kind of surprising. Yeah, and the most three-home run games in a single season is three. So, Jesse Winker has quite some time to do it. Mm. And the record's held by Sammy Sosa in 2001. He's got three. And I believe the record for most in a career is only six. Yeah. A three-way tie. It kind of makes sense. So, to have three in one season is yeah. pretty impressive. You're halfway there in one season. <laughs> yeah. And three three-home runs, that's nine in three games. Mm. Yeah. Unless you hit four of one of them games. And you're talking ten. Yeah. So you're talking nine to ten home runs. Yeah, no surprise that guy hit over uh, 60 home runs for a year. You know, no real surprise there. It's, what, 600 in his career, right? 609. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so trivia question, most three home run games in a single season is three, and it's held by Sammy Sosa in 2001. Yeah, I mean, I, I your line of thinking, and like I said to you when I was guessing it, your line of thinking kind of eventually gets to Sammy Sosa. You know, I guessed Barry Bonds to start. Barry Bonds an easy one because he has the home run record. Babe Ruth, you know, Babe Ruth's always an easy guess because it's Babe Ruth, you know. Yeah. Uh, Hank Aaron, the, the other home run king. You know, the guys like A-Rod and, and Pulhos and these guys hit a lot of home runs. It's always McGuire. the easy guess. Yeah, McGuire. I mean, you know, so your your, your list Colby, eventually dwindles down. Bell. I mean, you could go into a thousand. Dave Kingman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was on the all-time career list and get like five. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You could really go in and, you, you know, so you see Sosa, you're like, that makes sense. But you're like, maybe it's a touch of a surprise. Yeah, it was it was surprise, a little surprising to me. Just Well, it wasn't so much because he had those that stretch where he was unbelievable. But when you think back on Sammy Sosa, he kind of falls in that steroid area. You're like, all right. You're like, makes sense, but you almost kind of wish it was it was like a pool host or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, okay, but Griffey. It, oh, I know. Yeah, actually, I didn't even think of Griffey. That's definitely something he would do. I don't know how many he's got for his career, but that's a good one. Well, that, that's it, though. Uh, I mean, it's been – we're really going to start turning the page, though. The rumors are flying around for trades, so you're going to start really seeing them. One of these episodes coming up, we'll maybe go into some rumors and stuff like that and really – you know, dive deep into that, but we're not far from the trade deadline. That episode or two episodes are usually, I mean, that's notes and names everywhere. That's usually a mess. Yeah, I can't so wait for that. That should be exciting. But, um, yeah, we're just, uh, we're in a great time of the year. A lot of warm weather, baseball's in full swing, and we're, you know, going to see a, little, a lot of turnaround in the divisions and, and, and teams jumping up and down. So it's, it's really um, an exciting time for the season. Yeah, um, there's some teams that, you know, have some big questions. You know, like I, I see, I say every week, the Yankees and the Braves are in, on rough spots. Braves are under 500. Uh, Yankees are right hovering there, um, very underperforming. Um, teams like the Red Sox overperforming. I feel Rays. I, I feel are still overperforming, but the Rays just surprise me every year. So I guess I, I can't be surprised every year like this. So you got some teams that are maybe law of averages. Just maybe some teams are just overperforming for the year, and that is what it is. Or maybe in some ways, law of averages will prevail. I don't know. I, I just the one thing I noticed this year to throw out last little thing here is it seems like there's been a lot more real longer hot streaks and real longer cold streaks for teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You notice like the Cubs won like 17 out of 18 or 17 out of 19. The Rays, they're, at this point, what are they like 18 out of 20? I know, crazy. yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, the Yankees won seven in a row at one point. We're seeing, you know, the Red Sox won a bunch in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see the, on the other side, the Orioles lost 14 in a row. The mm-hmm. Dimebacks lost 11 in a row. I think the Twins lost a bunch in a row at one point. Uh, yeah. 
So you're seeing it on both ends where it's like maybe a little bit more extended cold streaks and maybe a little bit more extended hot streaks or, or real, real hot streaks. We go all the way back to the A's. They went 14 in a row. Yeah, they row. yeah they they were almost getting to that twenty in a row money ball year after starting know? what zero and six yeah one mm-hmm. and seven I mean so you're talking about some really sh- long stretch losing streaks and some really long stretch winning streaks which you don't yeah. usually you know maybe not see quite that much yeah I can't explain it the the year is just very weird to me it, it boggles the mind as a baseball fan in my opinion yeah. in a lot of ways you know like you said hot and cold streaks the pitchers are way overperforming p- hitters are way underperforming there's teams that are just very weird. That are that are in just a weird position. Some teams at the beginning were way overperforming. It's a it's a very weird year. There's a lot of things not making sense to me. So, but it makes it fun. You know that it kind of baseball always keeps you on your toes. But that's kind of all I got for this week. Um, unless you want to add anything to the end here, a little footnote at the end of the episode, then no, that, that's it. I'm just uh, excited to keep watching. Yeah, sure, always. Uh, all right, then let's uh, let's wrap it up then. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on, on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.